the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We all have this God-shaped void that rests at the epicenter of our soul, and only God can fill it. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Today we're going to be in Luke chapter 7, and I entitled this message, Filling the Void. You know, one thing that humanity all has in common is we all have a God-shaped void right in the center of our heart. It's never satisfied, and when you think it's full, it's only a matter of time before we realize, well, it's not. I figured this out multiple times in my life. One time when I bought the first ATC 250R water pumper, it was the trickiest off-road AT vehicle at the time. I had a custom bills pipe on a porting done by Rob Selvey. I used to race flat track and TT with him. He was now doing all the porting for factory Honda. I had a CR500 carburetor on it. I went out to Glamis. That's the Imperial Sand Dunes. And I was racing everybody up Competition Hill. The first day... I was king of the hill. Then the second day, I was doing great at first. Then a little girl who looked like she was like, what, eight years old? Pulls up next to me on a tricked out Kawasaki. And even though she was just a little girl, I wasn't going to have any mercy on her. It just comes with being, you know, the king of the hill. That is, until we hit the gas. And that little girl smoked me up the hill. Yes, I was king of the hill on the second day. For a moment, I ruled the roost, filling my ultimate cravings for satisfaction, and it all lasted like, I don't know, 10 minutes. Then it was over. Huh, I hate when that happens. What could I do next? How could I make my bike faster? How much would it cost? And how long would that last before I was outgunned again? Yes, satisfaction, it can be so fleeing in everything in life. Like when you ladies wake up on the frumpy side of the bed and you decide to do, well, I need a new makeover, a a new hairstyle. I got to color my hair. Uh, I'm going to go to Sephora and do everything I can do. Just, you know, shop for a new outfit, everything. That will make you feel great, right, ladies? For a few days. (laughs) Then they're back to, well, you again. Yes, we have all had our moments where everything seems to be going our way. We get the new job. Maybe we get a promotion. We buy a new car. We furnish our home the way that we dreamed. We raise the bar on us working out and we exceed our goals. Yes, there are days when we think that everything in life is going our way. That we have it all. Feeling totally satisfied, feeling full and complete. Yet, in time, it was no longer enough, and we seemed to need something else once again. 
It's a crazy thing here in America. People crave to be seen, to be noticed, to make more money. You know, we think fame and fortune will bring some kind of satisfaction and joy. And now, with all the increase of violence and crime, the rising costs of simply, well, everything that it takes to live, just trying to find joy for a moment is getting tougher and tougher. Yes, life is hard and getting harder by the day, you could say. For there are many areas of life that can be unfulfilled, and they can gnaw away at our soul. That's why no matter who we are, whether we're born on the right side of the tracks or we're born on the wrong side of the tracks, whether we're eating off of a golden platter or we're eating off of a paper plate, we all have this God-shaped void that rests at the epicenter of our soul. And only God can fill it. Success can't buy it. Notoriety can't find it. And traveling the world can't locate it. The Bible says in Ecclesiastes 5.10, it says, He who loves money will not be satisfied with money, nor he who loves abundance with his income. This, too, is vanity or complete emptiness. That was spoken, by the way, by the richest man that ever lived on planet Earth. And that was Solomon, who didn't have gold by the ounce or the pound. He had gold by the hundreds of tons is what he had. Well, if you're anything like me, the first time I heard that verse, I just scratched my head as I wondered, how could we not be satisfied if we simply had everything that we dreamed of? But just like Solomon learned, so has everyone else who's come after him. Know this, we were created in the image of God. We were created to know God first and foremost. This God shaped void that is deep within our own spiritual DNA, it's just there. God put it there. Understand, every single man and woman was created with this God-shaped void at the center of our soul. That's why we all have an unrest inside of us. Nobody will ever find total satisfaction. If you don't believe me, just try to find total satisfaction. You'll have it for a moment, but then you'll always need something else. Just ask yourself, what person, place, or thing has ever given you a lasting satisfaction? See, until we come into a real relationship with the living God, you know, we will not find it. Yet many people pay little attention to God. In fact, some people don't even believe He exists. Why? Because many don't think He really does exist. Yet the Bible says that they that is, they who don't believe God exists, they, they are without excuse. I wonder if there's anyone listening to the radio right now that you doubt that God exists. See, because God is. He's behind this outrageous creation that we live in. He is the one who designed it all. Consider Bernard Palissy. He's a, the man who figured out the Earth's hydrologic cycle in the 16th century. You might ask, well, what's the hydrologic cycle? Well, that's where the water from the oceans of the earth, remember, we have two-thirds water on this planet, where the waters from the ocean are evaporated into the clouds, which is then carried by the wind currents around our planet, and that's how God chose to hydrate planet earth with rain. Then the water does what? It 
waters all over the United States, all over Russia, China, whatever. Then the water runs into streams, which turns into rivers. And eventually every big river does what? It dumps out again back into the ocean, where that whole process repeats itself again. Yes, man figured out the hydrologic system in 16th century. But it was God who already told us about his plan for hydrating our planet all the way back in the oldest book of the Bible. Listen to what it says in Job 36:27. Out of the New Living Translation, he says, He, God, draws up the water vapor and then distills it into rain. The rain pours down from the clouds and everyone benefits. We're also told in Ecclesiastes 1:7. It says, Rivers run into the sea, but the sea is never full. Then the water returns again to the rivers and flows out again to the sea, meaning it evaporates up into the clouds again. The wind currents take over the land masses. It drops down in rain, goes into the rain, turns into streams, into rivers, and back into the oceans again. Yes, God created the heavens and the earth and all that's in them. He spoke them all into existence. See, With the hydrologic system, just like everything else there is on planet Earth, there is a divine intelligence behind it. Just like there's a divine intelligence behind every bird that flies, every piece of fruit we eat, and every person that you know. See, what do all three of those things have in common? What is that? That's the bird, the piece of fruit, and the person that you know. Well, we've all been created with a complex program genetic system. Yes, there is an incredible amount of forethought and intelligence behind creation. Know this, there is a God. Yet many still wonder, well, if there is a God, where is he? Well, how about this? He's everywhere. He's in the creation. Everything you see, in fact, the fact that your eye can see, the fact that your ear is hearing me on the radio right now, you know, the fact that, you know, a bird can fly. In fact, a hummingbird can fly backwards and upside down. It's the only bird that can do that. Some people say, well, I can't see the forest because all the trees are in the way. Well... The trees are the forest. And when you look at the creation, that's why God says in Romans 1.20, when you see the creation itself, it screams of the glory of God, like the very fact that planet Earth is traveling in an orbit around the sun that's 520 million miles long, and we're traveling at a speed of 1,000 miles per second. How did that just happen? How did it just come out of some explosion? The perfection of creation itself. Yes, creation screams screams of the glory of God. Yet many scientists believe the earth just, well, created itself, while others realize there has to be a divine intelligence behind all that we see. I wonder what you believe. I wonder what those around you believe. The Bible says that God created all we see, and that Jesus is the Christ. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. He's not a fairy tale or a make-believe character. Jesus is a historical figure, and he really died, and he claimed to be the living God in the flesh, who was brutally beaten, bludgeoned, and crucified for his own creation. Why again? Because humanity, all of humanity, every single one of us is in desperate need of a Savior. That's why many will search for the real meaning of life, why we exist. 
What is our purpose? Is there more to this life than what I'm living right now? And tell me there's more to life than this COVID pandemic that never seems to want to end. Well, today, as you're listening on the radio, we're going to look at a man and a woman. Both of them came into contact with Jesus. Now, one of them seemed to have it all, while the other one seemed to really have nothing at all. Yet, seriously, they both needed Jesus. Yet, only one of them knew it. So, you see what I'm saying here? They both needed Jesus, but only one of them knew that they needed him. One was a well-known religious leader, while the other one, well, she was a prostitute. And it seemed like she was just burned out on life. Talk about being polar opposites in society. At first glance, many would think, well, the religious leader would obviously be walking in harmony with Jesus, right? While the prostitute would be considered nothing more than, well, a common tramp. Yet, looks can be deceiving and even misleading. So let's consider this first point here in light of our title, Filling the Void. Number one here, looking for love. We're going to look at this woman here, this prostitute, because, well, it appears in life that she was looking for love in all the wrong places. Let me read you the text here in Luke chapter 7, picking up in verse 36. It says, Now one of the Pharisees was requesting him, that's Jesus, to dine with him. And he, Jesus, entered the Pharisee's house and reclined at his table. And behold, there was a woman in the city who was a sinner. And when she learned that he, Jesus, was reclining at the table of the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster vial of perfume. And standing behind Jesus at his feet, she began weeping, and she began to wet his feet with her tears and kept wiping them with her hair of her head. And she was kissing his feet and anointing them with perfume. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, Notice, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would know who and what sort of person this woman is who's touching him, that she is a sinner. Wow. Okay. Well, first of all, notice Jesus freely went where he was invited. And in this case, he was invited to dinner at the home of a man named Simon, who was a religious Pharisee. Now, a Pharisee was one of the highest sects of religious leadership of the time, meaning this man was extremely influential. Yes, Simon was a man of power and prestige, yet his motives for asking Jesus to enter his home for a meal were only self-serving. For chapter 6 tells us that the Pharisees were looking for ways to accuse Jesus. Why? Because Jesus had all the people running to him. They were losing their religious stranglehold on the people because Jesus was freely teaching them the truth of God's word. And that's what we do here at Core Church, Los Angeles. We freely teach you the truth of God's word because sometimes the word of God is not always what you want to hear, but it's always what you need to hear. And we need to hear the truth of God's word. That's why what we do at Core Church Los Angeles, is we do expository Bible teaching, where we teach through the Bible, book by book, chapter by chapter, and verse by verse. Now, we do that so that you can grow in the full counsel of God's Word. So let me ask you, how are you doing during the COVID 
pandemic. Have you, you know, decided to come back to church yet? Are you trying to just make it by just watching podcasts and, you know, services at home? I think it's really important that we do what the church is supposed to do. Did you know that the word church in the Bible comes from a Greek word, ekklesia? It means the gathering together. God says, do not forsake the assembling of the brethren. Don't forsake the gathering together. So I encourage you, you know, look, if you feel more comfortable wearing your mask and everything, wear your mask, you know, whatever. Put a face shield on. Do whatever you have to do. But you should come to church. So I encourage you to come to church. And if you're not growing in your walk with the Lord, Maybe it's because you're not being taught the Word of God in its entirety. Because we're not here as pastors just to be life coaches to you and to tell you that you're a champion. We're here to teach you the truth of God's Word. So I encourage you to come to Core Church LA. We're on the intersection of La Cienega and the 10 Freeway on the west side of LA. You know, we're 200 feet north of the 10. We're right across the street from Kaiser Hospital. We have three services on Sunday. We have an 8.30 and 10.30 a.m. morning services, and we also have a 6.30 p.m. service in the evening. So you can check us out at Core Church LA. Dot O-R-G. I hope to see you. I'm always at the door. You can always say hi and hey, and you can say, hey, I listened on KKLA. Well, anyway, moving on. Yes, there are many that will embrace some form of religion. Maybe you consider yourself religious. Maybe you've grown up in a mainline denomination. Yet, let me ask you, do you really know God? Have you personally asked Jesus into your heart as your Lord and Savior? How secure are you in your beliefs? Is your sin really forgiven? Are you sure? If you were to die today, would you go to heaven? Look, I'm just asking these questions to you. Maybe you're listening here on KKLA, or maybe you're listening on one of our 19 stations back on the East Coast. But it's like, do you know that you know that you're right with God? Well, we're going to get to that a little bit later. But right now, getting back to our text, the outrageous begins to unfold here as this prostitute enters into this influential religious leader's home. Boy, talk about a <laughs> odd situation here, because this woman's a harlot. She's a woman of scorn. She's despised by her own culture, considered by many as having, well, no earthly value. Yet she was so desperate for love that she risked everything as she entered this Pharisee's home. Her desperation drove her to her knees as she wept at the feet of Jesus. Her heart was broken as she longed for deliverance. Why? For the same reason that our hearts are broken at times. For she was filled with guilt. She was filled with shame. She was seeking for what seemed to be completely out of her reach. She was looking for forgiveness. She was looking for another chance. She was looking to start all over again. Her heart could no longer hold back the pain, so she just simply burst into tears as she opened a bottle of perfume and washed Jesus' feet, and she wiped it with her hair. Verse 39 states that Simon said to himself, If this man was a prophet, he would know what kind of a nasty woman this was. Not so fast, Simon. You have greatly underestimated your invited guest, because he already knows what you're thinking. I wonder 
if we are quick to judge others like Simon did. I wonder if we're quick to point fingers, quick to be critical of others, yet always justifying or excusing our own shortcomings and sin. Or maybe you wish, like this woman, to fall at the feet of Jesus and pour out your tears of sin and pain to him because you're so tired of carrying that weight of your own guilt and your own shame. Well, know this. Today, you can embrace God's forgiveness. You can be done here with this radio program right here that you're listening to. When this program ends, you could have a new lease on life. Yes, this woman was a sinner. She did that which was wrong, and she knew it. And she was also willing to humble herself before God. I wonder if there's any listening right now that need to come clean with God. For the longer you wait... You could actually be callousing over your own conscience. How do you know if you've started to callous your own conscience? Well, this is how you know. It's if you know what you're doing is wrong. Like there's some aspect of your life that you're doing right now, something that you're doing on a regular basis. You know it's wrong intellectually. Like you know in your mind, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but you really don't feel bad about it anymore. And you don't really have any guilt or shame about it anymore because you just accepted it as part of your life. See, if that's happened to you, if you've got some sin area in your life or you're not feeling horrible about it anymore, you have started to callous over your own heart. So think about that for a second. Is there anyone I'm talking to right now that you have started to distance yourself from God? You know, no longer has that sensitivity to the Holy Spirit being sparked by what you're doing is wrong. See, this was a good sign for you that, oh my goodness, you need to go before the Lord right now. You need to go before him and say, oh God, I'm sorry. It's like, I don't even feel bad about these things anymore. See, this is where you start becoming that prodigal son or that prodigal daughter, where you start drifting away from the Lord. It started a little bit at a time, a little thing here and a little thing there, but all of a sudden, some of these things have become habitual in your life, and you're doing them over and over again. So much so that, again, you're callousing over your own sensitivity to the Holy Spirit in your heart. It's just like if you're swinging a hammer, working in construction, your hands will start, you know, having calluses. You know, you ladies get certain sandals or whatever, and you first start wearing them, and, you know, you get a blister, and then it turns into a callus, and then it's no big deal anymore, you know, because you callus over it. And that's a great thing for your skin so that you don't keep getting blisters, but it's not good for your heart. And if there's anyone that's listening right now that's calloused over your heart and you need to seek God's forgiveness, the first thing that you have to do is you have to confess to God that, yes, God, I am doing this thing and it's wrong. See, that's the first step to forgiveness. It's confessing your sin. It's agreeing with God that what you've done is wrong. And when you humble yourself before God and you confess your sin before him, the Bible says that God is faithful and just to forgive you and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. So here's the question. Do you want to be forgiven? Do you want to have your sin washed away? 
Do you want to be rebooted and refreshed in your relationship with God? If so, then you have to pray this prayer, but only you can pray it. Your mom can't pray for you. Your best friend can't pray it for you. Your spouse can't. You have to pray it. But if you're willing to say you're sorry, God so wants to forgive you. So pray this prayer and God will hear you. Pray this now. Lord Jesus, you know who I am. Forgive me of my sin. I've done things that are wrong, and I'm doing things that are wrong, and I need your forgiveness, and I need your help to get out of this lifestyle that I'm in. Yes, Lord, I believe you died for me. I believe they buried you in a grave, and I believe that you rose again from the dead. So, Father, come into me. Take control of my life. Cleanse me. Be my Lord. Be my God. Be my Savior and be my friend. And fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Listen, if you just prayed that prayer, I want to help you and encourage you with a Bible. And it's got all kinds of notes to help you. So email me your name and address to Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. That's Bible at CoreChurchLA.com. God bless you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app, available on iOS and Android. Core Church is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org, as well as writing to P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.